Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. Mm. I'm joined by Ryan Donnelly. This is the college football podcast about all of college football. Um, Ryan, this week I'd, I'd like to start just by a, a blanket statement here on behalf of both of us. Uh, we are disgusted and saddened by the uh, the government the the government issuing RICO charges on us and saying that flipping the field Air Force is a gang. It's not a gang. I don't know how they Listen, can even begin to say that. We don't have any responsibility for those guys. It's yeah, not- <laughs> that is not whatever it- they may or may not do at the at the home of several Supreme Court justices in a coordinated assault uh-huh. at 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 eleven seventeen p.m. on uh, May the seventeenth. That is not really our issue, dude. Yeah. It's not coordinated just because we are consistently in group chats calling it a gang and, and saying, you know, uh, that we need to initiate new people or that we need to jump someone in or whatever. It's not a gang. It's just a group of guys who have similar ideas hanging out. And there's nothing wrong with that. And look, if Patrick's posting like uh, got a hundred round choppers for sale, hit me on Telegram. Like that's not <laughs> illegal to do. It's just a tweet. Like it's yeah. it's a parody. It's free speech. And, I, I thought that this was allowed. I thought this was America. What are we doing? Oh yeah. Oh sorry. What? It's it's legal to say that uh, you think that uh, people who violate NIL should be published the full extent of law, <laughs> but it's illegal to say that you're going to personally assassinate a sitting U.S. politician. Uh-huh. Like, what? What's the difference between those two things? Yeah, they're equally important things. It, it's uh, and I, I really I don't much care for um, parts of our podcast being played in court. I think that that should be that. There's really we got to push back against they're, that. You you cannot they're playing take... Bushwick Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, they're playing Bushwick Kirk Ferentz. We should not <laughs> be Hunter held... Biden's trial you, because it's... unfortunately he did change his password to Bushwick Kirk Ferentz 65. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out what this what this this all has to do with each other. But you cannot hold us accountable for things that we say on this podcast. We have said this so many times. We can't be held accountable really for anything that we say. But on the podcast, this is art. I, it's not none of it's real. Gonna, it's just art. Who's gonna hold you accountable? What what, what you're gonna who, who's gonna hold me accountable? What are you gonna do? Like how are you gonna hold me accountable? What's your game plan? Yeah. Give right. me what's your what's your sixty <laughs> minutes snap to snap whistle to whistle. How are you gonna hold me accountable? <laughs> Oh my God! One on one, can you score a point holding us accountable? <laughs> can you hold us accountable? I've never one been held point? accountable in my life. As as a white man who can lift weights, it's functionally impossible to hold me accountable. Yeah. <laughs> unless you are a larger white man who can lift more weights. Yeah, it can't be done. It's it's and there's not very many of those. So it's really, it's really tricky to uh, to hold us accountable to to really. Uh, punish us in any way and it can't be done i think that people need to stop trying and especially yeah, we'd like these, to uh, see you try yeah we'd I, love oh we would love to be punished yeah we, go, <laughs> go ahead and stop me. go ahead and issue yeah. rico charges i want to see you try um but well, listen I, patrick it's time to get away from politics it's jamal khashoggi week here on flipping the field <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we're uh, yeah, we're we're gonna watch the tape and we're gonna get better regarding Jamal. <laughs> I don't really have a follow up joke to say. Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> it's just a phrase that came to my head after that. Oh, Did you man. see the Greg Norman thing? Yeah, yeah, he he said essentially of the 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 Jamal Khashoggi assassination. I'm going to watch the tape and get better. That was pretty much his his uh, you know no, nobody's nerfed. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> That's not my problem, really. Like, <laughs> wow. I think if that's what he wants yeah. to do, then I, I support him. Um, support him moving forward. Also, didn't Jamal Khashoggi go to Indiana? Um, I I don't know. I I don't. I, I there's there's no room in my brain to have the answer to that question. Hmm. Dude, the the <laughs> all time team of guys who graduated from Big Ten schools. It's it's really a powerful list of people. You can have yeah. you could you could form pretty much any faction you could possibly ask for out of that group. And a lot of them have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we're, we're looking into that more and more. And that's why they're trying to bring us down. It's because of the uh, the connections that we're searching into between Big Ten graduates and, and perhaps international you know affairs that we're all trying to, to put an end to in these, these coming days and weeks. And that hopefully a glorious rain will cleanse us all of uh, someday <laughs> soon. Um, Ryan, speaking of a glorious rain cleansing us, uh, do you want to talk about Here's Nebraska? Thing, Patrick. Patrick, yes, because... Cause... Rain makes corn. Yeah. And corn makes whiskey. Yep. And whiskey makes Scott Frost act a little bit frisky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all that all adds up to me. I, I think that that's I've got my calculator here. Let me let me punch in the Yeah, that's right. That's a hundred percent right. You've got it all it says Scott Frost here on my on my calculator. Um we have received, I would say, and I say this I say this uh <laughs> kindly, I say this positively, a psychotic question from a listener of the show. <laughs> this is 
we have some of the most mentally ill men <laughs> in the planet following our podcast. We uh, have like the kind of person who follows our podcast is essentially like a late 20 something who's probably done several kinds of illegal drugs, uh-huh. but still like l- cannot let go of the normal things they liked when they were like 16 and trying to impress other 16 year olds. Like they still love college football deep in their soul in a yeah. way they don't really understand. And these guys, these kinds of weirdos, are the people who mostly follow our podcast. Yeah, and that is, to um, be clear, not the hosts of the show. It's just the listeners. The hosts of the show no, are not like that No, we're talking about the listeners. We're not talking about uh, Patrick or uh-huh. myself or our other co-hosts. Yeah, uh, yeah, the other mysterious mostly... co-hosts who we're excited to announce <laughs> one day. We're, we're talking about guys, um, like famous followers of the show. We're talking about Stu Mandel. Uh-huh. We're talking about Hunter Biden. Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, we're talking about Jamichael Green, yep. uh, former Memphis Grizzlies player. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can't get enough. About, we're talking about Al Harrington's nephew, who used to live next door to my friend. Let's go. Uh, we're talking about um, a DJ you met at Brooklyn who has like a really bad mustache uh, and is like talking to you about uh, the Democratic campaign that his friend works as a lawyer for. Mm-hmm. Um, all these kinds of guys are our biggest fans. Yeah, we have like the uh, we have Dick Dastardly from Wacky Races. Most of our listeners look exactly like Dick Dastardly, <laughs> and also act like him. And they have a dog that laughs when something bad happens to them. But they also say no kizzy for some reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all know every Drake song by heart. <laughs> and we do They're love sending them for you that. deep fried memes of Sauce Gardner after he loses in the playoff to Georgia. <laughs> Oh man! See, yeah, it's it's we joke, but that is like so much better than any other group of college football fans on the planet. That's the best one. It's folks, we love you guys. We love yeah, you guys. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. That's the only bearable one. We we have managed to cultivate the only bearable college football fan base, and so we do we do appreciate you all for that, and we do appreciate. Um, do you know who this question came from? Well, I really, uh, yeah, I have it written down. Definitely, I'm gonna uh, look at my notes for it really quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Well, and look, also, I want to say, too, it's important to note that it's not like, you know, we don't like you guys and find you tolerable. We don't find each other tolerable as a fan base. Uh, it's it's definitely not because just every in-group likes every other in-group. And like uh-huh. we have the same sense of humor as you guys, sense of humor as us. It's not like the exact same way that like Rivals fans feel about like their Rivals guy or like that, you know, uh, people like this feel. It's definitely a unique thing that's, yeah. that's really special to our fan base. You should feel that way. I do really uh, like Also, to, the I guy like who asked pick... this question is, I don't know if I sh- um, his name is a first name, last name of Cal. Just so, give us a first name. Uh, not sure. if Its name's Brett. We got our okay. friend Brett, who's a Penn State alumni. Yeah. Um, I, I will also, just uh, as an aside, I will I will say here, we've mentioned before that if you want to send in questions to the show, you should you can DM them to at Field Flipping, send them to at Field Flipping, send them to us. Um, I believe this was sent just to you, which I, I enjoy. I could I wasn't allowed to see this question, um, but uh, we will that 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 offer stands. Um, sometimes if you send us a psychotic a psychotic enough question, we will make an entire show out of it, which is what we're doing today about this question that we have got from Brett here. Um, and sometimes we'll date you. Yeah, sometimes we will do that as well. I think Ryan's done that a couple of times. Um, so question here is, uh, and I'll, I'm going to just rattle this off all the way through, and then we will digest what has what has occurred here. Well, can you can you do approximately what you think uh, Brett's voice sounds like? I cannot. I, I, I cannot. Um, okay, I need you to tell me how bad this strength and conditioning idea is. We're going to save Nebraska football. There are 320 public high schools and 50 private high schools in Nebraska. I want some. You did boost- not fact check this. By yeah, way. no, I'm. I'm going to just guess that he's right because I. He took the time to send the question. Um, I want some booster to buy every single one of them two or three nice power racks and 700, approximately 700 pounds of weights, bars, etc. Then each month, some bro goes out and makes sure that the people there are using good form and practicing to football. The goal would be that a bunch of random Nebraska farmers follow insanely good lifting technique and practices, then they walk on to Nebraska where they actually learn how to play football for the first time. And by the time they're redshirt juniors, they have seven prime years of lifting and three years of football coaching. The cost to flesh out the living the, the lifting room with top flight equipment, all branded with either the Nebraska logo or just Nebraska Strong, something like that, would be like $5,000 per school or just under $2 million. Nothing in terms of booster cost nowadays. That's the... That's the idea here. So, Ryan, what 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 is your what is your first impression of this? Would would this work? Uh, no, definitely not. I'm gonna point that out. 100% chance this would not work. But it would be 
the most comprehensive physical education program anywhere in the United States of America. (laughs) You're instantly the most progressive, (laughs) like exercise scientist in America. If you fund this, (laughs) (laughs) it is insane to think that this costs about 2 million bucks. Uh, I think his numbers may be off on the actual cost of this stuff to get mm-hmm. like nice power racks, some weights. And like, even if it costs five times that amount, if it costs $10 million, just an absolute drop in the bucket to have a yeah. serious physical education program for people all over the state of uh, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, look, uh, basically what he's describing when I responded to this is it's basically the Bulgarian method. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the Bulgarian method for people who aren't familiar is kind of what the, it's what the country of Bulgaria did for their Olympic weightlifting program. Right. So they had like nationalized training facilities in, in every major population center in the country, many smaller ones. Um, the way this works is you essentially have, I believe it's nine max effort lifts per day, uh, three, each of three different kinds to identify different mini maxes, uh, all with the intention of just producing one Olympic gold medal run. Um, they did this in the selecting based off like they, they first of all, they like, pre-select you based on like your body size and like limb ratios uh, to make sure you're like maximally efficient to lift weights. Uh, you train in the stash, the clean and jerk, the power stash, the power clean and jerk, front and back squats. Uh, and you have to have only about 30 minute break between workouts and you have, you know, nine of them a day. Uh, and it worked. It's insane. They're basically selecting people from children, like a, a child's age to learn how to weight lift. Like these guys started at nine or 10 yeah. and they made every kid in the country learn how to lift weights and just pick the best, most efficient ones. And uh, they lived lives of, of relative, uh, you know, uh, success. Like they were not impoverished. They got good apartments and, you know, good funding and everything else. And uh, it was a good life. Uh, and it's a good lesson for all of us really. That if you get good enough at lifting weight, you should have a good life. Yeah, um, that's true. Which is I think true and everywhere, but uh, yeah, I mean, it would produce some of the best ball players in the country, right? Like this would fix the idea that you may have like five more P five quality players come through Nebraska as a state every single year, which like it won't bring Nebraska back to what they were in the nineties. Right. But it could make you competitive again, like having five more scholarship players, in your home state, you have to think about recruiting. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Like, you'd, yeah. You'd think. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in Nebraska. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like startup costs for this $10 million one time, instead of paying $10 million for like Nico, I am or whatever, who may or may not be decent uh, spending $10 million to give every single high school in your state, like a, a really nice weightlifting program and, and getting a series of volunteers to teach them how to lift weights correctly. Yeah. First of all, that's the part that's easier said than done. That's the part we're running to a stack here is you need to train uh, just random guys in different towns to learn how to lift weights correctly and program weights. Yeah. But it could be done. It could be done. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess like the idea is maybe he he says you just send guys out there. Maybe you send actual Nebraska football players out there once a month to all these different schools, right? Yeah. What if you had like instead of the tax man going to collect or whatever, you just had a guy who went around just making <laughs> sure you're squat you could pop in any moment in time. <laughs> yeah. Like the it's like the state weightlifting auditor. Yeah, uh, is popping yeah, they, in. Yeah, they have uh, standardized testing. To your, they have, to your they, high school, that would be cool. They have standardized lifting standardized yeah standardized lifting legitimately yes but also here's the thing i want to make an actual point is like we should actually have this like this should exist like every state in america uh should have like nice power racks in their gym they should have serious weights we should be teaching kids how to lift weights uh unironically better than like the bullshit we do in gym class whatever where you learn how to hoe dance Uh uh this is what we need (laughs) Ryan went to school in footloose (laughs) <laughs> did you guys not dance in your phys ed in, in uh, high school or middle school not, probably not in high school maybe in like elementary school is like a fun Dude, we had several dancing <laughs> dancing programs. i think we did like there was square dancing there was line dancing i think we learned how to waltz like, I, remember, was... I remember line dancing brief like vaguely but not not a whole lot beyond that um yeah and guess what i could still go to nios on ohio state's campus and cut a fucking rug anytime i want to yeah. I'm, I'm in there like the uh like the swedish dancers uh-huh. those famous Swedish dancers. Yeah, those famous Swedish know. dancers that we all know about. Yeah, I think that the 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 thing with this is like you said this should just exist, right? This shouldn't be like a booster funded thing. I I think that if you were 
um, an enterprising young politician looking for a place to run for office, you should go run for like governor of Nebraska with this as your primary <laughs> platform, right? We're going to we're going to make the the boys beefier so that Nebraska can be good at football, <laughs> right? Like that. I think you'd probably win. <laughs> you just we're gonna. Fund oh, ironically though, program. this this could be like a political future someday, right? Like we're getting just more and more like to the point where. People are saying we're getting more polarized. Like as a country, that may be true, but not as individual states, right? States are getting more homogenous than ever. Yeah. Like politically, right? Like we're just getting like, you know, eventually California is going to be like 89% Democrat, whatever, if it isn't already. And Nebraska is going to be 92% Republican. And who yeah. gives a fuck about, you know, the purple states? But if you're already in a settled race where you guys agree on everything culturally, politically, economically, whatever, the only different stuff is culture. And at that point, just being the football guy in a yeah. given race could work. It could work. Yeah, I mean, like if you played at Nebraska, this is a this is a home this is a home run. Like you can you could do this easily. I think you would win straight up. I think you would win if you played at Nebraska during the glory. Like Scott Frost, stop coaching and do this. What are you doing? What are you why are you why are you wasting your time well, as a coach? Well, that's our problem. It's like you have a lot of like uh, you know, people who are running for office and they like want to do stuff in politics and that's like yeah. not cool like no you need guys who sh are in politics to make their favorite sports team better like that is what we need yeah. to be working on that's what sherrod brown is doing that's why the Cavs won the uh the, the nba finals in 2016 is because of sherrod brown people don't realize that well unironically like th like this time last year whenever the nil legislation stuff was getting rolled out there were like rumors in the, in the woody that like ryan day would come out and endorse political opponents that they didn't start <laughs> Uh, like support NIL correctly in Ohio and that's really fucking funny but like yeah. like the path we're on logically realizing college football and the NFL can just eat everything else in the world they get more and more powerful every year yeah is we already heard of like well yeah who needs an athletic department that's like Matt Brown was tweeting today if you follow this along but there's a sense a lot of these like booster groups right now that I all like yeah we don't really need an AD like we should just let the head of our booster department just be the GM and pick who the players are uh, -huh. uh and stuff like that and we're training that way and then it'll be like, well, why does the football team even need a university, right? They can just play separately. Sure. And then it's like, well, why don't all the politicians in our state just do more for the team? Like, why don't we like fund this team better? And then yeah. it's like, we should just national, like every state should pick one team in their state and we should have <laughs> nationalized 50 state college football. Okay. And every state's competing for dominance, like by football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think to the, so that's, that's the first point is that like this, this, I think a booster doing this is. I don't think boosters are generally smart enough to do this. And also the logistics of doing this is, is like you said, um, impossible. They are <laughs> overwhelming and, and just wouldn't, it wouldn't go. Um, but the, the second point here that I, that I want to make is that I think that this would work for approximately two years and then everyone else would realize what is happening and they would just start recruiting these kids as well. And they would, they wouldn't walk on it at Nebraska anymore. They would go to a school that's offering them a scholarship. And because well, they don't have to be walk-ons, right? Like Nebraska's recruiting some pretty no, I, terrible players. The, the, the suggestion here is that they would walk on. I, I think that that oh, would, okay. that would not necessarily bear. Out. I think the suggestion is also that these guys are not, if I'm reading it correctly, not playing football during high school, they're just lifting and that they are learning. Football well, I think he, I think he thinks that, a, a large population of Nebraska drops out of school to farm or doesn't get to school, <laughs> which I think, I think is a little anachronistic. Uh, um, but I, I do. But also, it is possible. I, I guess I don't know. I don't live there. I do really also just just I love to think about guy growing up in Nebraska who doesn't play football but does really want to lift weights and then walk on <laughs> to play football at Nebraska. Um, I don't know that that I don't know that that guy exists. I think that if somebody, I think that if you installed this what would happen is that you would just get really good high school football and bigger and better teams would start recruiting the state and Nebraska would be marginally better because there are more good players, but only, uh, only as much as like, you know, a team that's in a more talent rich state is. I don't think that they would become, you know, Alabama or, or a team like that just from doing this because Alabama would come into Nebraska and just start recruiting these players. Well, I do think it is funny that basically we've gone from like, uh, like every high school football team has a guy that is like really jacked but terrible at football yeah because like for a lot of people the only way to have access to like lifting coaching and like consistent weight room use for free is like to play high school football uh and i think it'd be funny if it went the other way and there were guys who were uh like who were lifting uh, but had to play football to, or, or, i don't know i'm doing this wrong yeah. wait fuck 
who, who got into lifting and do football as a byproduct, right? Like, yeah. they, you know, like they just, they have to do <laughs> they it. They just uh, wanted to lift. Funny. Yeah. They just wanted to lift, but they have to play football for Nebraska. Yeah. And but I yeah. just, I just want to be in the weight room. Why is yeah, I was to... just dreaming of getting efforts to be able to retire one day from the NFL so they can just lift full time. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I fucking hate Saturdays. I just want to lift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just looking forward to squats again i don't know but we kind of do this fucking bullshit cardio on saturday in between now and then it's not gonna be fun <laughs> nebraska building the least installed defense of all time no one is no one's learning a thing <laughs> just a whole bunch that's of guys cool. who hit and run really hard <laughs> that's uh, but i do think i i don't i guess here's the question like do you think if a state did this say any old it doesn't mean nebraska say it's sure I don't know, uh, Washington or something. If yeah. they really did install a statewide lifting program with appropriate coaching and rap, would you see a noticeable difference in their high school football talent? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that, at I, that think so too. I think at that level, the margins are such that you would see probably a pretty significant change. Um, high school football players are not very good, generally speaking. Yeah. And I, I think if you and, had and like, like really like the, the economics on this of like what it would cost for like to have, to train strength coaches to do this stuff across the country and like have enough to, to handle each one, one for each high school. And like to even have, let's say better football coaches to train football coaches appropriately. Yeah. Uh, not that expensive. We just should be doing this as, as a country. We should spend roughly a billion dollars a year investing <laughs> in lifting in football as a subsidized activity because it's like what it's our only piece of culture left for the most part yeah the, yeah we we're, we're we're decreasing military defense spending and we're we're increasing 335 defense spending we're, we're really yeah okay. we're going all in on the 425 this year <laughs> we said we said we don't want any more captain america we want captain decals on our on our jerseys that's right yeah I, yeah, I, I mean, how far could we, I think you could game this out pretty far to the point where like, we're talking about, I don't know that Nebraska, the school specifically could do this, but a booster getting, I mean, I guess there's no law that says that they can't do this. Why doesn't Nebraska just employ every football coach in the state so that they can make sure that they're all good, right? Like, why doesn't Nebraska just send off like sleeper cell agents to every high school in the state? as really good football coaches. Well, I think the state government have to do it on Nebraska, right? Because isn't there like, I don't know, could they give consulting contracts or something out? Is that possible? I don't know. I don't I, really know enough about business. I, I don't know if, the, if Nebraska would have to do this above board necessarily. It's just, you know, here we're going to pay, we're going to pay a little bit of, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of extra money on the side and we're going to teach you up on how to coach. Uh, so it's, it's sort of like, it's, it's, it's the, uh, coaching clinics except it's much more extensive and you are paid to do it you go you have to go and learn um and then they ship those guys off and if those guys happen to train better football players and then maybe kick them out to to nebraska it's just a it's just a you know a happy coincidence if someone can get me in a room with the top boosters across the entire sec and big 10 <laughs> uh and explain to them basically the rant i already did about why strength and conditioning's fucked the football in general like yeah. it's terrible I could basically single-handedly revolutionize physical education in the United States of America. Yeah, I think that this is how we do it. We're 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 leaving electoral politics and we're getting into booster politics. We are we're doing education reform. Hoping the field is an education reform <laughs> podcast. We are changing America through selling the through the the lens of football to very rich boosters. We are redistributing <laughs> booster wealth uh, to the the children of America by giving them better, uh, you know benches and, and, and things we're, of that nature. We're going to make Stu Mandel write articles about saying, I don't know, are players too jacked nowadays? I support big beefy hunks, but are they too beefy? <laughs> This is becoming this is becoming obscene. This is this. Sorry, is... I I can't stop bitching about Stu Mandel. He's pissing me off so much. The, it's it's the and we talked about this whenever it was two weeks ago or whatever. The the nil discourse, dude, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm so tired of it. Who cares? These guys are like they're fine. It, they're fucking fine in peacetime, right? You know what I mean? Like when there's no major legislation happening, or whatever. Yeah. It's just talking about football. Like they're annoying, harmless morons who are kind of entertaining, and I, I like them as characters. Because I grew up with them. Yeah. But like when you need Andy Staples to talk about something when there's like an actual important thing happening, this guy's a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's one of the dumbest guys alive. When there's like legislation on the fucking table, shut up, dude. Yeah. I don't even know what his opinion is. I'm just assuming it's bad. I haven't listened to Andy Staples in years. Yeah. Uh, except for our dear friend Ari Wasserman, his podcast, of course, mm-hmm. um, which I listen to yeah, you, uh, almost daily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You listen to the back catalog. You've been through it three or four times. <laughs> You're you're using all half the, speed to get more out of it. Yeah, too. you're using all the promo codes. You're you're getting the me. I don't know what their sponsors are. You're getting the me undies. You're doing all of it. 
<laughs> I'm getting the you undies. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about you undies? And it's a podcast sponsorship that sells podcast host underwear <laughs> to overexcited fans. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine the market for someone who was asking to buy the oh, slightly used God. flipping the field uh, boxers <laughs> from the record of the uh, original Bushwick Kirk Ferentz episode. So, yeah. yeah, some of the memorabilia. Yeah. Boy, you would get for that marketplace just across the board, not just for flipping the field. You would get some. <laughs> that's just that's the new no fly list. Anybody who signs up for that website immediately can't go on an airplane anymore. No more. <laughs> we are. We are watching this app as a revenue boosting stream for flipping the field yeah you can buy any right. article article of clothing right off our backs just you want my shirt it's yours <laughs> 45 bucks it's yours you can have it i mean it's more like i'm charging 200 bucks for shirt, but that, okay you, your price is your price brother yeah sure it's yeah it's 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 sort of cameo but except you can buy articles of clothing and also just sort right. of things that we have engaged with in some way it's it's really it's called camisole yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure um so anyway regarding regarding nebraska i think that those are sort of the the issues with this is is that it's just it's not really feasible and also i don't know that the uh, the market here exists in a way that you can get a whole bunch of guys who don't know anything about football to start lifting and then walk on it in Nebraska. Um, I don't think those guys really <laughs> exist. And I, I think that what, that what would this, what this would create is essentially just a better version of Nebraska high school football that then merits more national attention and ultimately is not a wash, but isn't really all that helpful for Nebraska in the long term. It, it moves on from three and nine to seven and six, probably. Um, which is a big deal. It's a that's a that's a big margin. They also probably shouldn't be three and nine already. It it, it moves them in talent probably from like five and seven to seven and five. But it's you know I I don't think that it's the sort of groundbreaking thing that it it sounds like. Um, and more it's just a thing that we probably should be doing uh, already, like publicly funded, you know, exercise programs within within states and within high schools. I think that it's it's less a uh, you know, a, a, a new loophole for boosters who, granted, I think should be doing things like this. Not this specifically, but if you are yeah. a, if you are a smart booster who wants to make your money last, don't invest it in, in in school facilities like they tell you to do. Don't invest it in NIL deals for for one year. Start looking at infrastructure stuff. Start it's it's you know we we just said it's Khashoggi week. It's also of course infrastructure week, and that means that you need to be investing in the future of your program's recruiting, not just in the you know four star recruit who has catch who has caught your fancy. You start start looking down the road for things like this. Ironically, you and I should start a business right now trying to consult with these groups. With the boosters? Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and also, we can sell them our underwear. And that, that you know. That's right. sort of and the they got side. money to burn. Yeah. Like, you tell me you can't convince Cardell Jones to do something? I think Cardell Jones would buy our underwear. Yeah. I think he could do it. <laughs> I believe in him. Uh, um, so, uh, this. I don't know. So. What else? What what's the deal? Are we getting to the other Nebraska questions? What do you think? Yeah, do you have so, more to go on this? Yeah. So if if we can't do this, which I I don't think that this would fix Nebraska, um, there is still a question, and and we are not the first to try and answer this, but we are the only ones who will do it correctly. Um, if not this, is there something that can fix? I say fix, um, <laughs> repair. I guess Nebraska to uh, not it's it's never going to be what it was it it's not possible it it's not possible it it cannot be that again ryan has clipped the mic so badly that you can't even hear him saying no um <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's not possible like there's the 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 articles about is nebraska but no it's not possible it does not no that we're world, not coming back that world does not exist but is there a world where we can get them to nine wins like they were under bo Pelini? I, I think so, right? I don't think that's impossible. I mean, Iowa State's averaging like eight wins a season right now. That's They're the same school. It's the same circumstance. Nebraska just has a better history. Sure. Yeah, it's just a matter of coaching, like anything else. Like, it's the – I mean, basically, it is possible for any school in the country to go 9-3. and three. Like, any of them could do that. Yeah. It's just a matter of coaching and, like, talent development. Uh, it's the difference between, like, what it takes to go 11-1 and one or 12-0 and 0. That separates like every school in the country from like the blue bloods that can accumulate talent that way yeah. or new bloods either one like right like nebraska is uh 
they're done though, right? Like they're they're never going to be that again. They're never going to contend for. They'll never win a national championship ever again. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I, and I I think that we're sort of seeing the teams who can find stability. And we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, I think I talked about this a lot on the solo show, but the teams in areas like this who can find s- stability, go nine and three consistently, go to bowl games consistently, compete for their own division consistently. Um, we are seeing those teams do that by, I don't know if accepting their fate is the right phrase, but by understanding their limitations and not going out and hiring somebody like Scott Frost, who is, uh, I would say, overtly trying to run a title caliber program that is the ideal scott frost program in his mind is one that competes for national titles right kirk ferentz is not telling you that he wants to win national titles because he doesn't he doesn't care he's not going to win a national title and he knows that um paul christ same thing it's the well but here's the question like can can they change that midstream like can they stop from like doing what they've done and just like Scott Frost, who's been saying like, we're trying to, you know, to restore Nebraska or whatever. Can he just all of a sudden be like, nah, we're actually pretty happy if we go eight and four. I don't think he can, but I think that they, that if they go out and they made a, a distinct high, I mean, God, that would be so Tom Herman. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Herman, that would be so horribly unpopular, but like, that is the thing that you, that you need to do. There's not going to be, you can't build a power program here. It's not going to happen. There's not, it just it it can't happen, and so I I think that going out and and you know I mean Bo Pelini did this pretty well, um, hiring somebody like that like a Tom Herman like you say or or even somebody sort of like uh, Ferentz or or somebody of that ilk Matt Campbell who has a yeah specific, or someone like Tom Herman yeah, yeah or somebody like Tom Herman who has a specific thing that they are really good at and they're not really good at a whole lot else, but they are good enough at that one thing that they can go eight and four every single year. Yeah. Um, a lot like Tom Herman. Yeah, yeah a lot like yeah. somebody like Tom Herman, yeah. Uh just to throw a name out. Tom there. Herman. A Tom Herman style coach. Yeah, a Tom, Tom Herman style coach. Yeah. <laughs> we have tactically ascertained that Tom Herman is the style of coach that Nebraska could use. Somebody a lot like Tom I'm Herman. I'm looking for <laughs> it's like the Paul Rudd Tain scene, but he's yeah. just asking for different scenarios of Tom Herman. Yeah, I, I need a uh could I could I get a uh <laughs> get a dancing Tom please yeah <laughs> no tom herman i can get into yeah <laughs> oh that's tom herman he's doing celery man it's very strange <laughs> but i'm not i'm not against it yeah um uh, would you like to see a nude tom <laughs> oh, you gotta look around before you do that we've got uh, a lot of work to do yeah we... <laughs> um, okay anyway yeah it's a new tom it's the new coach yeah uh yeah, I, I it's like you said, they've got to reset expectations, got to reset like the goal. They have to change just what they're doing because it's just clearly not working. Yeah, and and I think that this is it's it's interesting because I think like Mike Riley was kind of this, right? Mike Riley was kind of Nebraska saying, "We're just going to be fine." And he also didn't do it. But I think that that was sort of I don't know that that was a structural issue with the idea of doing that as much as it was just that Mike Riley's not a great football coach, right? Like Mike Yeah, I think kind the problem is like Mike prime. Riley is a guy who in his best conditions could do 8 and 4. Yeah. But my, but like well, if you're going to end up going 8 and 4 9 and 3, your goal has to be a coach who can win a conference championship, right? Yeah. And like Mike Riley was just like throwing your hands up being like, "Eh, well, we want a nice guy. Yeah, like we 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 had we want a nice guy now. And they totally. I mean, hiring him after Pelini, given the circumstances, they fired Pelini. Pelini under. I mean, he was fucked. There was no possible. You can't sell that if you're if you're firing the nine and three guy to go nine and three in a different way. There's no way to sell that. He had to be a national championship kind of guy, and he just wasn't ever going to be. And I think that coming off of Frost, which we're assuming they will be doing here shortly. I, I don't imagine he's going to be sticking around a whole lot longer. Um, I think that that's easier to sell, given that they've gone four and eight, five and seven, three and five and three and nine in the last four years and are probably headed for another sub 500 season this year. I think you could sell better certainly now than you could in 2016 or whenever it was. Um, somebody who just wins eight games, right? As a, you can say that he's a transitional coach with the understanding that he is not a transitional coach, that he is your coach of the future. Um, and I don't, I don't know exactly who that would be other than Tom Herman. Um, 
you know. Well, Tom Herman is a good good coach. Yeah, Tom Herman is a good coach and would do that. But you know, we we've <laughs> we've talked before about Nebraska going back to something of the option. It would that would work. I mean, I they're not going to do it, but like that it does work. Paul Johnson won eight or nine games a year at Georgia Tech for twenty yeah. years. Um, well, they just got they just got beat to hiring Lance Leopold also, which yeah, there's no, who is no going to do for. this? Yeah, explicitly, this is what Lance Leopold does. Um, I guess you could try and go nab him from Kansas. I don't. I don't know if he would do that. Um, yes, he would definitely do that. Come he, on, what are you talking about? I don't know if Lance Leopold is in a position right now where he really wants to do another job. I think that this might be his his forever home. I don't know I mean, if Lance, any coach in the history of football would stay at Kansas instead of going to Nebraska. How old is Lance Leopold? He's I think fifty seven. Um, he's fifty eight. God damn! How did, <laughs> how did you know that off the top of your head? <laughs> we were talking that. Uh, well, I was, he was, he's in my Tom Herman shot. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I guess Lance Leopold, you could probably grab him from Kansas. I mean, we, we, we obviously have made our opinions on Matt Campbell clear, but Matt Campbell would accomplish basically the same thing. Um, he'd be more expensive certainly, and, and probably a little bit harder to get, but he would also take the job. Um, would he? Yeah, I think so. Would right. you ever get to a point where he gets bored at Iowa state and you could just like, if you're a Nebraska booster and he tells you, Hey man, like, 10 million it'll come yeah they'll, they'll pay that i do i i wonder we're going to do a show about this at some point the the sort of shit or get off the pot coaches if they're ever going to actually leave um i do wonder if the new big 12 is a positive or a negative for matt campbell um like because there is a clearer path to winning the big 12 now but also the one thing that he does is that he beats oklahoma or texas every year and they're right. not they're not there anymore who are the giants to slay it's baylor it's cincinnati and that doesn't that doesn't shine on the resume the way that beating oklahoma does uh, yeah i mean i, I also th- yeah i don't know like hmm. you were you were, i don't think he has any juice and he yeah. also like he was getting some like pretty good second or third tier players in like ohio and texas and california yeah. while recruiting because they were like we're we're a team that's had some wins in a power five conference and now it's like, well, you're not a power five conference anymore. You're in the bum ass, like loser conference. Uh, even though I like the Big 12, I still support them. Yeah. Uh, and you're no longer an interesting team play. Like you don't have national TV games anymore, right? When is Iowa State ever going to be on like a primetime game again? Probably not super often. And there, there is the issue too of um, Matt Campbell having to coach against good coaches instead of bad ones, right? He can't do that. He can't pull off upsets against yeah, the, against like a Dave these Aranda. are a bunch of other programs that are being maximized. Yeah, right? like like, like the, we're seeing what it looks like to look at like maximize Saturday, maximize BYU, maximize uh, Oklahoma State, Baylor. right? Yeah, like Baylor too. You know, like he has to line up against those guys instead of like an underachieving soft Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, or like Texas that sucks, and if your players get confidence about beating shitty Texas because it's fun to do, but like. Now you have to actually win games where they're not going to get up emotionally for them week in and week out. Yeah. You got to find a way to do that, and I don't think he's that good of a coach. I do, as I've attested to. He's no, he's no Tom Herman. Yeah, R- real quick, just as a as because I am thinking about Lincoln Riley and 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 Oklahoma and all that. Who is the program in the in the Pac-12 that benefits from having Lincoln Riley in the conference because they can pull off an upset over him every two or three years? Who is the coach who's like, hell yeah, finally <laughs> get a marquee win every couple of years? Um. That's a good question. Because I don't think – I it, think It's still just Utah, right? Yeah, Utah just benefits I think Utah is probably too good for this to apply to them because they're just going to beat USC. Well, that is Wazoo. Wazoo is <laughs> yeah. the spoiler. Yeah, probably Wazoo. I was thinking Wazoo or like Washington. Um, Washington I think is going to be pretty good. but um, Too proud of a program to feel like they're a spoiler. Yeah, maybe whoever the next coach at Arizona is. Uh, I don't know. That sometime down the road. But um, I don't think Justin Wilcox well, is good <laughs> enough to do this at Cal. The uh, the Jonathan Smith Oregon State teams have been a pretty good spoiler. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, they I mean they already started doing that, so I suppose that they could <laughs> they could just keep it rolling. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that I think that makes sense. I, I have made point. I have made clear my my preference for Nebraska to just run the option. I continue to stand by that. I think it's correct, but um, I, I think that that's probably the fix is just accepting your fate and going nine and three with a good coach. Um, is that true of every team in the Midwest, of, of the true Midwest, the sort of Wisconsin down to... Can- what do you mean the true Midwest? I, I mean like like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, not Oklahoma. Um, I won't include the Oklahoma schools. Uh, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, teams like that. 
The upper Midwest, I think, is what you sure. Mean. Yeah, the the police, the the, the talent valley. I know what you're talking no, about, yeah. but I just want to not offend our Midwestern cultural. Yeah, sure. Uh, we are not Midwesterners I, I, on the. On yes. The podcast, yes. Thing. I Ohio and Michigan and Pennsylvania and, and Indiana and those states are Midwest, but this is a different kind of Midwest that we're talking Hang about. Hang on, this Pennsylvania's is... not the Midwest. Okay. Um the uh western part of Pennsylvania is the Midwest. Just the part that well, you've lived no, in. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this again until you get it right. <laughs> this okay. is like All right. this the, is like the, this, uh... the scene in uh, Miracle where like they make you stay after the game to mm-hmm. run sprints and suicides until you puke and and uh uh, we'll do it until you say the right. Names. All right, the northeastern part of Pennsylvania is the Midwest. Um, so the the, but those are all of course those are Midwest as well. I'm talking more Great Plains, right? The the teams in the Midwest win games uh, and compete for championships. Michigan was just in the playoff. Ohio State won the championship in 2014. Has been in the playoff consistently. Penn State is consistently good. Um, Notre Dame's there too. Yeah, Notre Dame is in there too. I like I, those teams don't count. This is different. Um, the Plains teams. Is there any path for any of them to do anything beyond that, or are they all just stuck at like nine? And yeah, three that's where that? they're at forever. Until yeah. there's like some kind of population reshift, where Which, again, I mean, once enough Big Ten fans buy diesel-powered cars <laughs> and do cause a population shift back to uh, the center of the country for fear of natural disasters. Yeah, the long, con. Uh, the long con. That is the only way that the Big Ten become, or like the, sorry, the upper Midwestern Great Plains, whatever teams, will become contenders again because there's just not enough talent. Like, I don't know, like maybe a year where Wisconsin has one of their usual really good teams where they have a great defense and you know a great running back and a decent enough everything else. Yeah. Uh, then like maybe you get the right combo. Or like we're in a 12 team playoff, they somehow manage to get a four seed, get a home game, and then like. I don't know. Maybe there's a scenario where Wisconsin like makes it to a playoff is that way, but like that's otherwise they're just like teams that are trying to win ten games. That's a fucking awesome season for them. Does, I'll remember that. This is this is a an extremely mainstream normal question, but I'll I'll ask it anyway. Does the portal change that at all? That you can go out and get an impact quarterback uh, just on the fly. Hmm. Specifically at Wisconsin? No, I don't think so. I don't think they could, but in theory, you can. Um, and, and so I, I wonder if, like, I, I don't know if I don't I don't know if quarterbacks think like this because you could, in theory, as the Wisconsin coach, go to a quarterback who's in the portal and say, "We have an excellent roster outside of quarterback. If we had a quarterback, we'd go to the playoff." Um, I don't think players think it that way. That's not what they're looking yeah. for. They're not tr- like not to be a guy like players aren't trying to win games, but like when you're transferring for your final season, you are looking for the guy who, well, I, I guess in some extent, one, if you have a great receiving core or a lot of great weapons around you, maybe that's appealing. Yeah. Uh, Which these teams also more don't so really you're looking for like who often. is the coach that's put other quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I think the, the issue is that if you are going out and hiring a quarterback guru at one of these schools, he will fail uh, because the the talent is just not going to be, it's not going to be good enough to sustain that. Uh, example being Scott Frost, um, it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. You can't build a program like that in this area. Right. The exception would be a guy like Tom Herman, but a lot sure. of other coaches would for sure. Yeah, we're hearing his name more and more regarding the uh, the Nebraska. Well, a lot of people are talking about Tom Herman. Yeah, right now. a lot of people are talking about Tom Herman. All right. Um, I think that we have. I think we have sufficiently answered this question. Um, Ryan, I I want to. We have another one here for for you specifically. Um, question from I believe this is from Kevin Sayer, if I'm remembering correctly, friend of the show. Um, mm. who asks regarding Jalen Widermeyer's horrible testing this was months ago back for the combine um Jalen Widermeyer of course the Texas A&M tight end I believe went undrafted kind of a surprise um Texas A&M and it's consistently not very good combine testing against the continually pretty good to great conditioning for Penn State um uh, we, we don't have a ton to say about Penn State I don't think um Dwight Galt was the 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 strength and conditioning coach there for a really really long time. He has retired this season. From what I have gathered and from sort of looking at his history, it seems like he was pretty good, right? I I, I don't think I they... feel like I, sorry if I'm I forgot I answered part of this question. I think I asked about Dwight Galt or his the new guy there on the pod before. You might you might have done. I think we might have talked about the new guy at Penn State, but um I think if you can produce Saquon Barkley, I I wouldn't be terribly concerned about what you're doing that's the, the, the saquon barkley is enough to to buy me some so some mm. some respect um and i, I think his sc is pretty good but uh, some of the guys like saquon was just doing that in high school too right sure. like micah parsons was doing that in high like 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, they've had some good, they developed some good players, yeah. but if you're, if your line play is as shitty as it's been for them, that's usually to me just a telltale sign of softness to see. Yeah. Their, their, their defensive line, I will give a little bit more credit to, but uh, the offensive line, boy, really, really stinky. So anyway, Texas A&M, yeah. Ryan, um, where do you, where do you stand on this? Yeah, so the A&M coach in recent years, strength conditioning coach is Jerry Schmidt. Uh, Jerry Schmidt was the longtime Oklahoma SNC before he came to uh, A&M with the coach with Jimbo. Um, he was at Oklahoma from 99 to 2017 uh, and was uh, the coach for that uh, Bob Stoops title, as well as some of the early Lincoln Riley teams, the late Bob Stoops teams. Um, he was the SNC for the two, the two Spurrier National Championship teams. Um so a lot of uh, a lot of familiarity basically up and down with a lot of great teams there, but I don't think his style is something that actually works anymore, right? Like yeah. he was a really good SNC whenever SNC was just like if you're working out most days of the week, you're probably ahead of other teams. Like just knowing how to lift weights was probably an advantage for a lot of teams in that in that era. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. He's one of these old school guys who's just a freak and obsessed with like endurance, making players run, and these grueling workouts to get you to puke and. Uh, you know, he's basically just like Mick Marotti, but even a little bit more old school than Mick Marotti. Uh, a lot of it's just like workouts to exhaustion every time. It's not really like he does workouts as punishment, which I think is good for culture. Actually, it'll probably bet like Oklahoma's SNC has sucks. He's been gone, so it's probably actually a net win because it's just like uh, you're going from bad SNC to bad SNC with good culture, yeah, which is at least like a, a benefit, I suppose, or a tough culture. Uh, but I don't think his actual conditioning and strength work is, is good or makes much sense. Yeah. Um, it's a performance. It's a performance edge though with the mental toughness. That does matter somewhat. But yeah, I mean, he's like known his his whole thing is uh, the the tagline his players had for him was three by fifty with Coach Smitty, hmm. which is pretty funny actually. It's a pretty good line. Okay. Uh, but doing a three by fifty uh, and, and almost any accessible player, unless you're doing like band work for restoration purposes, not useful. No need for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a bullshit coach. I don't know. He's been around for a long time. He's old as shit. Uh, he seems to be funny, but too much cardio, too much running, too much high rep work, a lot of like over, uh, over exertion endurance and less on like high end lifting. You know, he famously says like, I'm not going to make you a bench 500 while you're here, which for me, I would like players who get bench 500 personally, yeah, but that that's just the kind of guy I am. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. He likes to run around out there. He's not, he's not doing shit. Yeah, and he is he is no longer with Texas A&M, correct? He has... He has uh, yeah, sorry yes. to clarify. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I should have said that. This guy was in Oklahoma for like 18 years, Yeah, left Oklahoma to join Jimbo Fisher's A&M staff for the 2018 season, then uh, has now left A&M to go back for Brent Venables. Um, and the new coach there is Brandon Sanders, yep. uh, who is just... Uh, I don't really know anything about him. He is like a chubby white guy with a beard who has been around Jimbo for like 10 years straight and just be a loyalty hire. I don't know anything else about him. Yeah, I would not be I would not be encouraged by by this if you are a uh, a Texas A&M listener, I don't think. This is um I don't know that I would say that that those he, he like you said he's been around Jimbo for a while. I don't know that I would say that Jimbo's teams are like overly impressive in their athletic ability um and certainly at texas a&m that has not been the case as the as as the question mentioned um the testing has not been especially impressive there despite the talent coming in i guess getting away from this guy just as a (laughs) as a baseline is is somewhat positive because maybe brandon sanders has new ideas and you can better maximize all of the five-star talent that's coming in but i don't know where he would have picked those up because he has worked under this guy pretty much and 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 well he, he worked under Schmidt, but he worked he they had a different head SNC when he was at Florida State, no? Yeah, yeah. I wonder who, who was who would that have been? I'm I'm not I don't actually know that. Mm. Um I can look it up. Yeah see if I can. Let's uh, uh let's let's see here on the fly. Um but I I think that there's you know there's a uh there there's a chance here that we are we're going to see Sort of a a weird southern was, version uh, of like. Uh, sorry, I got it. By the way, it's Vic Valoria. Okay, I know that name from somewhere. Keep going. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so, but I, anyway, I think that there's a chance that we see sort of a weird kind of southern version of Ohio State down at Texas A&M, where they have all of this talent that is still athletic, but not necessarily maximized. And and I think that that's honestly more damaging in Jimbo's system than it is in in Ryan Day's. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. Unless this guy actually is is decent, but I I don't expect he will be. Um, 
and so I, I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out. But I think that that's sort of where it comes comes from is that Jimbo uh, has hired sort of uh, consistently good old boys for most, if not all, positions on his staff. There are maybe two or three members of his staff that aren't good old boys, and that that applies to the the strength and conditioning stuff as well. And so you have a lot of ideas that just aren't very aren't very good, frankly. Uh, interesting here, by the way, Sanders previously worked under Vic Valoria, who was the head strength and conditioning coach on the Seminoles national championship team. Yeah. Uh, also worked on uh, LSU's title team in 2019 and is now with Baylor. Yeah. Uh, he is Baylor's football director and athletics performance. So, well, I'm actually kind of intrigued by this, though. Well, maybe we maybe we got a split then. Maybe it's half and half. He could be good if he picked up from this guy, but he could be bad if not. Um who it's would... just tough, and, and and just generally, by the way, like you guys ask me S and C questions, and they're great. I do my best to research them, but just, there's a lot of like most of these guys are just kind of like they're not like like the guys who work S and C are not like actual good academics by and large. It's pretty rare for that B one. Yeah, like so the guys who are actually writing published papers on their methods or who are like documenting what they're doing in any kind of serious way, like either you have to be at like a top six or seven program in the country, like yeah. Jerry Schmidt at Oklahoma or Mickey Brady at Ohio State. Uh, or you happen to be one of the rare guys that like writes down what he does and posts about it on social media, which is not super common. So I try very hard to find these things out. There's just not always answers out there. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So any, anyway, that's a, that's a, a long way of us saying that it's a, uh, it's a land of contrast. It could be either one, but the, the, mm-hmm. the recent struggles at Texas A&M were related specifically to Schmidt. He is no longer there. Um, but you can attribute a lot of that to, uh, to, to, his uh his programming being sort of behind the times um new guy might be better but it's hard to say at this point he has positive and negative influences um all right i don't think we have anything else here for this one ryan um you can follow on twitter at b1g underscore ryan i'm at patrick underscore mayhorn the show is at field flipping as i mentioned earlier you can send us mailbag questions to the show's dms tweet at us uh we will not going to do Q as I've, I've said before, we're not going to do really Q and a shows anymore. We're going to do more just mixing it in as we go. Uh, like this one, sometimes if we get one that we really want to get our teeth around, we will flesh it out into a full episode. Uh, as we get more into the summer here, we will probably be doing more stuff like this. Uh, so if you like this stuff and you have stuff you want us to talk about, send it along. You could also, we really appreciate it. If you leave a five star review on, uh, Apple for the podcast and tell mm-hmm. a friend, uh, share the show. If you have somebody who's into this sort of thing, if you have a Nebraska fan who you want to talk down by saying that, uh, Hey, you could go nine and four with these guys. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're trying to teach you how to go nine and four and that I think will probably make them feel a lot better. Um, yeah. And so, and, uh, and also, if really quick, if you listen to the end of this episode here and you're hearing Patrick shout outs, make sure you want to tweet on Twitter. You want to tweet free Jamal Khashoggi till it's backwards. That's right. Um, <laughs> just tweet that out for us. Make sure we know you listen through this part and you don't skip over us when we start saying bye. Yeah. Patrick, keep going. Sorry. Um, well, that's about it. Yeah. Follow the show on Twitter at Field Flipping. Tweet at the show. Uh, share the show with your friends. Um, we, uh, we really do appreciate it. We will be back next week presumably on our on our normal time i am going to be moving across the country here in the next couple weeks i don't know if i talked about that on the show but um in like uh, nine or ten days i'm going to be doing that so i don't know what the schedule is going to look like for a little bit but it, it we should be fine i don't think we're going to miss a whole lot um uh, but uh but until then we will uh i guess we'll just talk to you guys next time that's right go bucks <laughs>